The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey. We are very glad to have you with us today in the uh, pre-Christmas version of the Masculine Journey. Robbie, you know I'm going to ask you a question, right? You know what the question is? I've got to figure it out. Okay. Christmas Eve, Saturday Eve, Sunday Eve, Monday is actually Christmas Eve. So, I mean, it's Eve, Eve, Eve. That's all I Three faces of Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah. Which, interesting, <laughs> is kind of where we're going <laughs> today into the three faces of Christmas Eve. It kind of, we put right on the mark. Yeah, we are. You know, we've been talking about Christmas now for a couple of weeks. And a few weeks ago, we talked about surviving Christmas. Yeah. Right? And so, we did do that. And, and, and hopefully, we're all finding ourselves in the position to survive Christmas, whatever that might mean for you. Because Christmas isn't always a time of joy. We'd like for it to be. But, you know, sometimes families involved or usually families involved, and that's not always a good thing. Hopefully most of the time it is. Or uh, things happen, things are said. It's, it's different for everybody. And so we talked about what that, does that look like for you. Uh, maybe it's surviving Christmas alone. So there's lots of different ways to look at that. And then we talked about, Robbie, last week, Christmas from a different perspective, from a warfare perspective. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, as, as we kind of took a look into Revelation as the enemy was wanting to devour the child, you know, and the actual epic kind of spiritual battle that was going on in the manger scene, so to speak. Yeah, and so there definitely, you know, you have the manger scene, which we're actually going to visit here in a second, but there was a lot more to the story. There was the invasion into enemy territory, right? And so what did that really mean when Jesus came to earth, and what did that mean to the enemy? And just all those things. It was, it was a really cool show you guys did. I got to participate in it, but it was a joy just listening to it. That was so, fun. And so this week we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, Christmas uh, present, past, and future. You know, because everybody likes one version of Scrooge or another, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, whether you like the Donald Duck version with <laughs> McScrooge or you like uh, the Bill Murray version or... Yeah, there's a George C. Scott version. Yeah, George C. Scott. <laughs> there's the guy from Star Trek. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't remember his name. I can't either, but I personally, you know, you know, mine would be the Christmas Corolla, you know, with Christian Cargat Theater. Oh, there you go. (laughs) So what we're going to do first is we're going to go back to a classic. You know, if you've been around Christmas at all, you've had to see this one at some point. And it's from a Charlie Brown Christmas special. And Charlie Brown asked a question after being so incredibly frustrated with all the commercialism, even back in 66 when this was done. I think it was 66. Um what is Christmas all about? And Linus gives him a pretty good answer. Yes, I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. 
You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. <coughs> Pretty much tells us all the story. Right there, it's uh, and and I was wrong. Jim helped me find out that was 1964. Oh wow! And I came out. Um, actually, the Grinch was in 66. You were so I got one. confused. I was one. <laughs> you know, so I think all of us, but uh, Corey around the table were around at that yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember the first uh, the first airing of it, but I probably saw it a, you know a few times later. But it, it's pretty amazing, just that in the middle of this cartoon, you have this real truth. You know, and so what we really want to talk a little bit about t- today is you know. God brought his love to earth. He brought so many things, but where have we seen that love? Manifest, yeah. Yeah, where have we seen it manifest? And, and, and how does that play out in our Christmas story, whether that's past, present, or future? You know, yeah. what we hope for it to look like. And so, um, probably, I hate to do back-to-back clips, but I think you almost have to. Robbie, can yeah. you talk a little bit about the second clip? Yeah, the, the uh, movie Scrooged with Bill Murray, and, you know, rather than the traditional, you know, goes to Christmas past character that we've seen in so many. Here we have a taxi cab driver, which is going to take him on a wild ride where you kind of pick up the scene as he's getting out of the taxi cab, which this character is kind of spooky. <laughs> where are we? Where are we? You mean where are we? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Come back to Jersey, you moron! <laughs> Take me home right now. <laughs> you got it, pal. Come home, Frankie. <coughs> this is where I grew up. I thought they tore this place down. They did. Guess my dad hasn't put up our Christmas lights yet. Frank, it's Christmas Eve. I get it. You're taking me back in time to show me my mother and father and... I'm supposed to get all goosey and blubbery. Well, forget it, pal. You get the wrong guy. That's exactly what Adilidon said. But when he saw his mother, Niagara Falls. Let's get this over with. Here, Francis. I've got something for you. Merry Christmas. A choo-choo train? No, it's five pounds of veal. But Daddy, I have Santa for Choo Choo. Well, then go out and get a job and buy it, Choo Choo. Ah, Earl, he's only four years old. All day long, I listen to people give excuses why they can't work. My back hurts, my legs ache. I'm only four. Soon he learns that life isn't given to you on a silver platter, the better. I'm going up. Baby, don't watch too much TV. It's bad for your eyes. Okay, Mommy. Merry Christmas, Frankie Angel. Merry Christmas to you, Mama. Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel. I was touched by a gift. A four-year-old kid receives what in today's marketplace is a $40 or $50 piece of milk-fed veal. Uh, posing. Just a little bit of posing going on there, but that's a, that's a show for another night. So Christmas past, you know, uh, even there's something in that for Frank that uh, touches his heart, and it's his mom. 
you know, in this whole this whole story. And um, so we have you know a bunch of guys around the table. I didn't introduce everybody. I guess I probably should have. Robbie and Corey and Harold and Jim and a couple other guys that'll be a uh, maybe chiming in, maybe not. We'll see. But uh, Harold, did you have something about Christmas past that you want to share? Oh yeah, we're talking about God showing up at uh, Christmas time. Back in 1962, uh, just about six weeks earlier, is when I had met the young lady that was to become my wife. I didn't know it at the time. She was just a good-looking gal that I wanted to date. But I went to her parents' house for Christmas, and having given no previous thought to it at all, the first thing I know, I'm down on one knee asking her if, if she'll be my wife. Unfortunately, she said yes. It took us about 18 months later, but we've been married now for 54 and a half. And uh, it had to be God, because that was a totally different direction from what I had planned for my life. Thank goodness he had a different idea, because his idea was much, much better. <laughs> yeah, usually is. Uh, good thing that you listened. Um for me, I actually had been thinking about Christmas past, and right before the show, my brother called me, right. and, and we started talking. And you know, he asked, uh, "Hey, what's the show going to be about?" And I told him, and he said, "Wow, you know, when I think about Christmas past and love, I think of Grandma's house. You know, because we would always go to my grandma's on Christmas Eve, and and miraculously, when we get home, Santa had already been there. He, we must have been the first stop every year." You know, he he was there, and he knew somehow we had a busy day the next day of visiting other family. And so, but anyway, we would go to my grandma's house, and what was so cool about that was the way she loved us. You know, she really loved us. There wasn't, at Christmas Eve, any rules at grandma's house. If you wanted another Coca-Cola, you could get one, and she had those oh, little man. bottles back then, you know. <laughs> um, if you wanted some candy, it didn't matter if you'd eaten yet or not, you know. And so it was just such a cool time and a very, and coming from a family where we didn't have a whole lot. You know, it, it was just very plentiful at Grandma's house at Christmas Eve and just the love that she showed to all of us just in, in her way of just being available and just saying, look, it, it's yours, you know, and, and feeling that love of God. In my Christmas past, it was fascinating, kind of hit me today um, as Christ kind of asked me to reach out to somebody in my past. And for whatever reason, he put Hunter Galloway III on my heart, which was the Buick dealer in Greensboro, which first brought me to North Carolina. And he was one of the few people in the car business ever really told me the truth. <laughs> and he treated me so well, and he kind of, it was, he was almost like a father figure. And I just thought, you know, he just put him on his heart, my heart this morning to call him. And I looked, and I hadn't talked to him probably in 15, 20 years. And I just, Looked him up in the phone number. He still has a law practice. I called him, caught his wife, and, she, and I said, this is Robbie Dillmore. Robbie Dillmore. Oh, Hunter's going to be so glad to see you. And then Hunter called me, and oh my, it, it was just like, I am so glad that God put that on my heart to, to call this old friend. And, you know, he had no idea what I was doing. You know, I didn't know what he was doing. It was just really, really, really cool. But it was like the ghost of Christmas past. Like, how many people are there back there in your life that, that really we're good friends that you just didn't talk to in a long time. I think it's, it's good for us to just sit and say, okay, God, can you, you know, open my eyes to some of the stuff that happened in the past? You know, a lot of times we do remember some good things, but also there's times, remember the, the 
years that seem more like a Christmas vacation you know, <laughs> than they do like the Waltons or, you know, or whatever, right? And so just asking God, God, when even in those Christmas vacation kind of years, you know, what were you showing me there? What were you really um, showing me love? I actually watched that movie last night. That's why it's on my mind. The boys and I watched it for the season. And, uh, you know, just seeing even in that situation, there's a lot of love in the house. You know, even in those dysfunctional families, there's still love. And so, you know, God's love can come through no matter the situation. But we're not, we don't have time to get into before break before, to Christmas present, which we're going to do. But we can talk about a great present there that you, you can give for Christmas, <laughs> right? Which would be the gift of a boot camp. You could still do that. You got time to go to masculinejourneyradio.org and, and sign up for a boot camp and give that away for Christmas. What what a better present. I mean, you couldn't give a better present than that, could you? Somebody get their heart back. Only $199. Wow, that is amazing. Masculinejourneyradio.org. Go sign up now and register for the upcoming boot camp. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. What God does at Masculine Journey Radio Boot Camp. When I first got here, I was kind of closed off. Didn't really want to talk to anybody because I thought it was stupid. I didn't believe. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like each person who spoke kind of chipped away at this feeling I was having and chipped away at this mask I was hiding behind. I've never heard anybody speak about God and Jesus and the way we're supposed to feel like you guys have this weekend. What a gift. $199 Masculine Journey Radio Boot Camp. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. I just want to keep hearing it. I just keep want to listen. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That was actually from the end of the movie Scrooged, you know. And it was talking about put a little love in your heart. And if you haven't seen that movie, it's a it's a little different twist. Oh, it is. You know, but it still comes back to a good point. You know, Lumpy finds his way along. That's what she calls him. <laughs> the girl calls him in the movie. I don't know why I remember that. But uh, Christmas present is what we're kind of focusing on now. We talked a little bit last break about the meaning of christmas with linus and and uh, charlie brown and and then we talked uh, a little bit about christmas past with the movie scrooged and now we're going to move on to the christmas present and robbie what's what's the clip on christmas present yeah in charles dickens play i mean his book you know a christmas carol which is depicted in so many different ways there's a very provoking thing that happens with the ghost of christmas present where the man sees these two images underneath the robe and it, it's a disturbing picture that we get to hear pretty well in this depiction of the the guy from Star Wars, whatever, whichever one that was. Star Trek. Star Trek, yeah, the not Captain, Star Wars. Captain Picard. <laughs> Captain Picard. And, and the X-Men guy in the witch. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, here he is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember his name. Patrick Stewart. Yeah. There we go. Here we go. Let's listen to Patrick Stewart and Scrooge. Scrooge. Spirit, forgive me, but I, I see something strange and not belonging to you there. 
beneath your robe? Is, is it a, a foot or, or a claw? It might be a claw for all the flesh there is on it. Look. Look down here. Spirit, are they yours? No, they are man's. This boy is ignorance. This girl is want. Beware of both of them, but most of all, beware the boy. For on his forehead I see that written which is doom, unless the writing is erased. If you deny him, slander those who tell others about him. Admit he exists, but do nothing about it. Then doom will engulf you all. Are there no shelters? No charities to help them? Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of the opposite of the, uh, the uplifting <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. clip we had to begin with. <laughs> but you talked about provoking questions there. So what, what was it was provoked for you? Well, I, I don't know. A number of years ago, I was just challenged to read the actual Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, and I read it several times. And this was one of the most provoking things that I just had not gotten through all the movies. Um, that was portrayed clearly in this particular one and, and and the idea is is similar to the scripture that says pure and you know religion in the book of james is this to take care of orphans and widows mm-hmm. and and to see god's heart for those in need at christmas is is a real issue mm-hmm. it's in that doom thing jim you, you know what i'm saying uh all too well because i didn't want to see that this week i had a a man, his wife, and their, I think, four-month-old baby that had just been put out on the street. And our church helped them with a night, but they couldn't get to the Salvation Army until a couple nights later. And so despite my whining and feeling awful about my financial situation this season, I put them up for the other two nights. And that didn't toot my own horn. It was something i had to do because i saw jesus in that infant and yeah and the scary thing is that how ignorant are we of all the pain and all the things that are going on all around us that god has called us you know he's clearly in and we don't need to be ignorant and jesus said if we you know don't reach out to the prisoner if we don't feed the hungry we haven't done it to him and that really is the point when we do acts of service, acts of mercy, loving acts. We are doing it to Jesus, whatever the face is there. And, and we when talk, we don't, we're ignoring him. And we talked a, a couple of weeks ago you know, about your family, Robbie, at Christmas, right. and, and that being one of their favorite Christmas memories of of being able to go help another. Right. And I remember with our family, we, we had done the same thing. We had um, we'd signed up to do some, some work. Uh, on a uh, ramp through work, you know, we're putting in a ramp for uh, this lady, and then we realized she didn't have anything for Christmas. And so I talked to the kids and stuff, and we went and, and gave her Christmas. And that was probably one of our favorite Christmases as a family because it wasn't about us, you know. And that that's what it tends to be sometimes, you know, is all about us. But Christmas present can mean a lot of different things for different people. Part of that is reaching out and helping others. Part of that's stepping into new places. 
in Christmas. You know, I know for me, you know, I, I get all wrapped around the axle because, you know, I've got X amount of time left with my oldest son before he's out on his own. Right. You know, and it's easy to worry about Christmas future and not enjoy Christmas present if you're not careful and enjoying the time that you do have, you know, because tomorrow's not promised to any of us. You know, and so and not focusing on the worries as much for me as focusing on the opportunities to be able to, to have time with, with the kids while they're still around. Corey, is anything on this Christmas present that's a little different for you? Yeah, and not in so much a, as the direction that Jim was going, but I know just for me personally, um, this really hit home with me, and it's one of the lessons that I think God's been teaching me slowly but surely because I still struggle with it on a daily basis, but it's just to be present. Um, I spent, you know, before I was saved, and I spent so much of my day just daydreaming about the past and what life could have been here if I'd done this and just really beating myself up with what ifs, what if I'd done this, you know, how different would my life have turned out? And you'll, you'll destroy yourself mentally if you do that. Um, if you guess, second guess every decision you've ever made or, you know, every path that your life could have taken. And I was really beating myself up over and over again every day. And since I've started just living for the present, I found a new hope in my life for, for the future. Yeah, so the present is actually being in the present. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And enjoying that. Well, Robbie, Which we're going to... a present. Yeah. It is a present. You're right. Uh, we're going to get to your favorite clip. Yeah. You know, so why don't you go ahead and set that up, because it's something that some of the listeners probably have never heard, but it stars our great friend, Benny. Yeah, as a result of reading that book several times, I wrote a um, Christian Car Guy theater episode, which I actually play, um, played just a little while ago today, uh, which was a whole show on... It's called A Christmas Corolla, and in this one, um, I cast Vinny as Guido Gasket um, because nobody could deliver these lines with the Italian, you know, that, that like Vinny could uh, with his background. And so uh, here is actually my take since I wrote the lines, but it's, it's, it's boarded by my good friend Vinny who, who lived it out as we hear for the first time ever because, you know, the ghost of Christmas future doesn't speak in most plays, but in this one... We get to hear Vinny. As Frenchie Fender laughed, they immediately found themselves back at the accident scene. Staring them right in the face was a DeLorean. Yes, a silver DeLorean. And behind the wheel was a head gasket wearing a black, grim reaper robe with the hood overshadowing his face. It was Guido Gasket, ghost of Christmas future. A DeLorean? Uh, are you the, the, the ghost of... I think you are uh, the, the one I fear the most. Uh, the, the ghost of Back to the Future? I, I mean, the ghost of the Chris, Christmas Future. I'm sorry. You two mugs, get in. I thought the ghost of Christmas Future doesn't talk. You watch too much TV. I said, get in. One more stop for you two. And I'm sure you guessed it. The bowling yard. Climb in. The time is almost up. Spirit, before you show us that, just answer this one question. Are these the things that will be, or, or the things that might be if we don't open our present? All right. You asked, so I'm going to give it to you straight. God knows. And only God knows. And here is our only hope. Good fruit comes from good branches that are connected to a good root that's in good soil. That root is Jesus, God's Son. 
So you better open up that present. Jesus sacrificed on the cross for your failures, for your sins, for you will be planted. It's your choice. You can either be fruit or fertilizer. Got it? Fruit or fertilizer. Your choice. Here we are at the barnyard. Get a good look at your headstone. The first one reads, Deputy Eustace is now in his casket. Failed to pay attention to Guido Gasket. The next one says, Here lies Crankshaft Kramer. His attraction to worms could not be plainer. Your choice. <laughs> I know it's a comedy, but still I wouldn't want to get in the car with Vinny. He just scares me when he does that voice. So Christmas future. You know, what's that really speak to you? You know, I know a couple of you guys had a couple thoughts on Christmas future, but what's that really mean to you as you think about future Christmases? What do you want that to look like? What's What's God got on your heart? For me, um, I don't know. There's there's things in that I haven't necessarily uh, in this Christmas present. I haven't really been as active as giving and and um, looking for need as much as I need to be. I've had a really busy time, and and I intend to change that. But thinking about the future, though, one thing I have that's been in my heart is, you know, you talk hear a lot of people talk about depression and getting disappointed or or um, feeling bad that they can't buy a certain gift for somebody or whatever. Man, I, I just I think I used to really uh, live in there, and it really was the focus off of Jesus. I think now, and my Christmas is in the future, but not only then, but now, but just the fact that we really have something to celebrate. It really was an incredible uh, gift when when Jesus was sent. And, and the ultimate insult to God is for this to be a time of depression and not love, but uh, of really not living out what you really intended to come to, that peace on earth and goodwill to, towards men. So, Yeah, I was um, watching uh, the original Grinch, you know, the, the cartoon. That was 1966. And the, one of the things that really struck me in watching it was that even though all the toys were stolen, all the things were stolen, and Christmas was supposedly stolen, Christmas was in their heart, right? And they continued to sing. Right, and, that, and that's what melted the Grinch's heart, right? And so what's really cool about that is Jesus is in our heart. Christmas is in our heart regardless of our circumstances. Whether it's the past, the present, the future, he's in our heart every single day, and we can celebrate Christmas with him every day. We don't need the present. We don't need this. We don't need that. We just need to celebrate and focus on him. Thank you for joining us. Go to masculinejourneyradio.org to register for the upcoming boot camp coming up this spring, so don't miss it. 